You know, anytime that somebody pops into my mind out of nowhere, I kind of take that as an indication to reach out to that person because I often think that is a little indication of, okay, something is not right. Or even if it's everything is fine, it doesn't hurt to just reach out to somebody and say, hey, I'm thinking about you, I love you, miss you. Those people for me are the reason why I didn't take my life. I'm just going to start out this podcast with this. So okay. I'm a parent of boys. Yeah. And we we're pretty lax in this house. Right. You know, That's we say it. certain words and we're like, you guys don't say, say these less. out loud mm-hmm. because okay. other families don't say these things. Like <laughs> right. Poopy pants. Like we don't, other Ugh. families don't say it. And my kids also, they just, my boys, they bourbon. It's like, you guys. You can't. That's you can't be doing that. And sure. my Grammy and Grumpy, they're like totally cool with it. But everybody else in the world is not cool with it. Yeah. So they're like, rah, rah, rah. and so they just go for it. And then we're with other humans, like humans that don't do dumb things. Mm-hmm. And my boys just start burping, and they they can't help themselves. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to season two of the Ten Thousand Minute Podcast, and I'm a terrible parent. Uh, We're, all We're all come just figuring this out. We're all just figuring this out. Yes. You know I mean? Thank you. You're doing great, Tim. Um, speaking of doing great, um, and I'm not going to burp on this podcast. Really? No. no. I don't tell. do that. I, that is inappropriate for me, but somehow my kids are like, you know what? I'm better than you, Dad. Yeah. Watch this. You've given them a world where they feel safe. They feel safe. Safe yeah. enough to burp. That's right. Yeah. Nice. And if that's the worst thing. Okay. <laughs> Opportunities you never had. Uh, my name is Tim Timmons. Hey, I'm Chris. Cleveland. And I'm Amoy. Hi. Donise. <laughs> yes. I like last names. I like my last name. Okay. Sure. Um, speaking of last names, I don't think I know Mandisa's last name. This, she's just a one word. Well, but that's a choice, right? She wants to be known as Mandisa. Yeah. I wish mm-hmm. I was that cool just to have one Chris. name. Chris. But it wouldn't be Chris. That'd be something else. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, would, what, would your, what, would yeah what would your one name be? Gerald. I'm going to think about it. I, <laughs> He's on a mission now to find the right one name. Okay, I like but, but it. But Chris is going to have to nail this. Yeah. Like, you can't just. I read nail this article this about the world's largest tree, and it had an mm. awesome name. Thank you, Lord. Maybe it would be that one. I can't remember what it's called. I'm going to think about it. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Google it. If you guys have thoughts for Chris on what his one name should be, I like Bring just Koreas, but it's like got a few Koreas. Uh, when mm-hmm. I was like 14, I went to church camp and got this church camp girlfriend, you know, <gasps> and she was from McGee, Arkansas, but they call it McGee, he, Arkansas, and she can make Chris <laughs> like six syllables. Yeah. I thought it was the best. Yeah. I did. Every 14 year old boy's Gosh. dream. You could go with McGee, he. <laughs> I mean, that's not bad. That's pretty good, actually. For the 12 yeah. people that live there. Yeah. This yeah. is your shout out. Yeah. So you guys, my name's Tim Timmons. I'm Oydernese and... McGee. McGee. <laughs> hey, you'd have a strong It's like too base. close to Magoo. You know but it's I mean? not Magoo who. It's McGee. Anywho, who do well, we have today? This has been the best intro so far. No one knows what we do. No. That's no. true. That, no. uh, we don't know what we do. No, yeah. not really. Okay, so you guys, today we've got Mandisa, one name, Woo! Mandisa. It's actually Mandisa McGeehee. Yeah. <laughs> Used to be. We dropped Used the last yep. name. Yep. No, yep. it's not. It's not true. But uh, we have Mandisa today, and she's, I mean, a Grammy-winning, awesome artist. Talented. Uh, she was on the American Idols. At least. 
<laughs> at least that's gonna be my new response to everything would you like chick-fil-a sauce that at least, at least. Oh, that's good <laughs> yeah, we're shocked mcgee at least i mean you're you got Let's ideas go. today at least yeah i mean think about my salsa addiction oh would you like a one scoop at, at least, least. It's still positive. They're they like don't know how much so they give you way yeah. more. Yeah, they're intrigued. Yeah, they're like apparently this is like a very minimal amount for him. He's gonna need more sauce than this. Yeah. So I'm sorry guys. Uh, I'm sorry guys. Here's our episode with Mendisa, and you're gonna love it. You will. Hey everyone, this is Moy. Each episode, we're going to hear from listeners about the impact that practices like this one from season one have had in their life. Here's Terry's. Hi guys, my name is Terry Worley and I'm from Pennsylvania. Just want to just drop a quick video to let you guys know how very thankful I am for 10,000 Minutes community, the podcasts and messages, the meetups on Fridays. I'm very thankful that this is a safe place that we can come share this walk that we're on together. I haven't felt safe or able to talk or be myself in like a church setting in a long, long time. And I'm very thankful for that. I feel very safe and unjudged. Thank you guys. I want to let you know the impact you're having and can't wait for the upcoming podcast. You guys are doing a great job. Thanks again. I love you guys. Bye. If you found this bit or any other practice helpful, let us know by emailing mail at 10,000minutes.com and we might include your story in a future episode. Okay, hey everybody. <laughs> uh, welcome to 10,000 Minute Podcast. Uh, my name's Tim Timmons. We've got Amoy Donise. Hello. We've got Chris Cleveland. Yo. And everybody, we have on the Zoom... Again, it's a new thing that we're doing, but on the Zoom, we've got Miss <laughs> Mandisa. Woo! Let's go on the Zoom. Yeah. 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 Not just on Zoom, just on the Zoom. Okay. So yeah. I, I, I think that this just hit me right now, but you've done Zumba before, have you not? I feel like at one of those Caleb <laughs> things. Zumba. Like, wait, yeah, wait, yeah, wait, yeah, wait. Yeah. We're talking about different Zooms I, right I now. I feel like, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I feel like at some point, we like you did like a dance class or something, and I just equate Zumba to you. Why do I do that? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> didn't, we do, didn't we do some Zumba together? It's I, I feel like we did, and I don't want to brag about it, but I'm sure people were saved, and it was that's a class I'd yeah. sign up for. It was a class you'd sign up yeah, for. Yeah, I think so. Sign me up. That's fine. Yes, two different Zumba and Zoom are two different things, right? Well, yes, I, it doesn't Zumba's have to be. Aficionado about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they went hand in hand in these last two years. Zoom and Zumba. Yeah. It right. doesn't yeah. have to be. A story about the pandemic. <laughs> um, and everybody, you can't necessarily see Mandisa right now, but she's got a really cute pink. What do you even call that? Because you and Chris are, are rocking the same thing. And I think you look much better than Chris. Does. Well, I don't that's know. It's just a, you know, it's a headband. It's a hot head. Yeah, I don't do that because obvi- for obvious reasons. Why? Yes. Well, I don't have much hair going on. That's okay. Okay. Do you sweat though? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. feel like it's more For like sweat. containment of all the elements. People wow. are like dodgeball. Wow. Do you like dodgeball? Guys, <laughs> I, play, I play Zumba. Okay. Oh, right. right I do right. Zumba and you I use. Zumba in it. Sure. Um, Mandisa, we met a few years back. And I've wanted to get you on a podcast for a long time just because I think you're just so intriguing as a human. Oh, thanks. Um, and you're beautiful and you're kind of, you just. You bring you, and we've had some, mm. actually had a few just random, like, out of nowhere, <laughs> deep conversations about something where you would just open up about your life, and I'm like, who is this human? 
and your struggles. And I, yeah. I love it. So thank you for being thank that person. You. And just from the someone outside, I'm just saying you're awesome and you're beautiful. Thank you. So Tim, thank I you for being it. you. Totally. <laughs> um, okay. So we want to jump into some things that matter today. And I'm sure we're going to laugh a little bit because that's something that we like to do. Mm-hmm. But we we want to talk a little bit about your new book. But I want to get a little history on your new book and yeah. like wh- where is this coming from? So Out of the Dark, I, I released an album in 2016 called Out of the Dark where it, it really talks about that deep pit of depression that I was in that God brought me out of. And since I began, you know, talking about the subjects and a lot of the songs are really honest depictions of what I felt when I was in that pit. Um, Mm. As I started talking about mental health, depression, anxiety, uh, and, you know, my audience is mainly Christian. I was really surprised at how many people identified with it and said that they're so thankful to finally be able to, you know, hear somebody talk honestly about this. Because I think there's a stigma surrounding mental health issues in the body of Mm -hmm. Christ. So the book really goes deeper into some of the struggles, also some of the victories. And hopefully I just, I want to open discussions. I think the best way that we're going to get rid of that stigma about mental health and as Christians is to talk about it. And so that's Mm -hmm. what I want more than anything is for Mm. people to talk about it. Mm. Talking about mental health. Absolutely. Yeah. Give give me more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I considered taking my life at one point. It was two years into the deepest depression and had a handful of pills. And it was, um, it was my friends. It was my loved ones that kept reaching out to me. That's what I was thinking about when I opted not to take the handful of pills and isolation. I think, you know, coming out of this pandemic where we've been so isolated from one another, Mm -hmm. I think depression is on the rise. You know, Mm -hmm. I I don't know what the statistics are, but a lot of people are really struggling. And I think when you're a Christian, at least what I believed for so long was, well, my faith must not be strong enough and I must Mm -hmm. not be a good enough Mm -hmm. Christian. And I just, I don't see that being how God would respond to somebody who is struggling with this. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people in the Bible probably struggle with it. And so I I want us to talk about it because I think we've kept it hidden for so long. And so I think the best way to find healing is for us to actually talk about some issues that maybe we would want to keep a secret. I love that. I remember probably around the same time you're talking about, I put a song out in the world called You Are Loved. And I started getting these messages from people on the daily. And I'm sure you've gotten more than you could count with this same kind of platform that you have of people who are saying, hey, I've, you know, was at the edge. I was going to take my life. Your song came on it, you know, saved my life in some form or another. And it struck me at the time. It, it almost was shocking to me how many yeah. people were sending me these messages And I kind of had this realization kind of like you did. It's like, oh, my gosh, that we were in a a pandemic of sorts before the pandemic. And it was so shocking to me that honestly, I started reaching out to friends and professionals and all of these things on on a lot of different ways. One, I was like, am I there was a part of me that's like, am I liable, honestly, Mm -hmm. for as for as many messages as I'm getting? But also, like, how can we help these people who are really trying to pray away um, yeah. these yeah. these mental issues. And I think we have so many people that listen to our songs and see us and see the see the happy and the good yeah. and, and all those things that we put out, which is great. But uh, I want to commend you. 
I think, for putting this out there and starting this conversation. Because there's so many people that need to know that, hey, it's not just me by myself. It's not yeah. just me trying to trying to ask God to to deliver me from this, and that's all the yeah. resources I have. But there's a community of people and believers that we're in this together, and we can connect mm-hmm. those mental health professionals. So I would yes. love to hear some of those steps that you've seen, some of the progress that you've seen, mm-hmm. and some of the stories that you've heard from people that have uh, heard your music or mm-hmm. read your things or followed you and, and found... Um, something brighter on the other side. Yeah. Well, I think, I don't know why this is, but for some reason, just knowing that you're not the only one struggling with an issue mm-hmm. brings comfort. <laughs> so right. that's probably the biggest thing that I heard is I'm so glad to know I'm not the only one. And um, so I, I want people to know, you know, if you look up to a stage and you see somebody who is always telling you that you're an overcomer and it's going to make you stronger, yeah. if you can hear that person say, I wrestle with depression and right. loneliness and grief and, you know, I turn to food for comfort, there's just something in knowing, okay, if she struggles with it, I guess I'm not the only, you know, dumb person out there that struggles yeah. with like, no, it's, you're not dumb. We all have struggles. We all have issues. Paul had a thorn in his flesh. Nobody really knows what that is, but I think, so the first thing is knowing you're not alone. Mm-hmm. The second thing I want people to know is just as if you have, were to have a medical issue, you would go and see a doctor. Right. I'm a big fan of counseling. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think these are professionals that help us to deal with issues and to get you know, to the root of things that you maybe yourself cannot do it. And I do, I love church. I love community. Um, I do think there is something to be said about having a professional to help you walk through some of these issues. I don't, I don't want people to try to do it alone because we're just mm-hmm. not called to do it alone. Okay. So, so what are some of the, you know, obviously in, in the past people have said, and probably still today say, you shouldn't do that. You should just trust God for this stuff, which I know is part of your journey as well. And, and what triggered actually some of your depression with your friend yeah. that passed away. Well, will you just give us a little bit of even that story? Yeah. So my friend Keisha, she's the one who inspired the song Overcomer. Yeah. Because um, she was pregnant when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So long story short, I tell the full story in the book, but yeah. she did give birth to her son who's beautiful and perfect and healthy, but she had a year of him before she passed away. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that scripture, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I felt like my my heart just got sick. I was so upset and angry. And I really felt like God was going to heal her here. And I would hate it when people would say, well, he did heal her. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, That's not really what yes. I meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And I think just sweeping things under the rug and saying, well, yeah, she's healed and she's great. That did not do me any favors. I mm. only started to find healing when I actually said, God, why did you let this mm-hmm. happen? And wow. I don't understand how this, you know, God who can do all things, why you didn't do this. And it was only when I started saying those things, which I never would have said before, mm-hmm. yeah. it started to come into the light. It was when I was keeping it hidden that I was just suffering in silence. And so it's speaking out about these things. Was that mm. part of your Great Depression? Like what triggered the Great Depression for you? Yeah, it was bad. It was Keisha passing and it's, you know, it's a slow fade. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. just, bam, I hit the bottom of, of the pit. Yes. It was starting to question why God allows yeah. these things and, yeah. and question, does God even exist? Does he care yeah, if he does right. exist? And yeah. then just pushing away people and isolating and not wanting to be with people and then turning to food, which has always been a comfort and gaining weight and feeling yeah. shame. Yeah. Like all of it just started slowly descending into that place where I just did not want to be here anymore. Wow. Hmm. 
I like how Chris, you, you almost, you didn't say earlier, you didn't say you made you healthy. Like mm. there was, it's, it's like such a process that you're, that you're continually in, you know, you, you may turn to food, other turn to whatever else the thing yeah. is. Mm-hmm. We all turn to something. Right. Um, but what, what was it that kind of started? You said people and friends that started changing yeah. your idea, your mind. Yeah. So it was when I went to the movie theater. It was one of the first times I had left my house in a long mm. time. But I went to see the movie War Room because my song mm. was in it. That's really yeah. the only reason. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> the last Love thing it. I wanted to do was to watch a Christian <laughs> Love movie. But, right. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, and so... I remember after that movie, it kind of ended happily ever after. And that made me angry because I was like, that's not reality. (laughs) Uh So I remember I wanted to see another movie. So I was in that movie theater for like over four hours. And when Mm. it came out, my car had a bunch of sticky notes all over it. And a handful of my friends had been sitting out there waiting for me. And they had an intervention, essentially, Mm. where they had a counselor that they found for me. Um, They were going to insist that I saw her no matter what, because they they recognized (laughs) this was this is happening for two years and I'm just, I'm clearly struggling with something. Mm -hmm. And so they forced me in a sense to get counseling. Um, And that is really what began the ascent. It wasn't just, you know, overnight, everything was great. It was just, I finally started talking about these things and I finally started seeing people and maybe I would Mm. listen to some music that I wouldn't listen to like any form of light. I didn't want any form of light into my life and I was pushing Mm -hmm. it out. But once it started coming in, I slowly started to come out of it. So how'd you move through the cliches then? Because you you were, you were struggling with a lot of the cliches of going, Oh, God's going to handle it. All the stuff that's said to us, you know, we we all have our thing that that people have said this about God, that Mm -hmm. God's going to do this. God's going to do this. And you're like, well, he didn't FYI. Yeah. And I'm still sitting here. So how'd you, or how are you in the middle of those things? of unpacking those things or for me, um, you know, my album out of the dark, I put a lot of it into that music and I started singing it. You know, one of the songs I put on the album, it's not the typical, you know, encouraging, you know, positive, encouraging music that you used to do for me. It's very much of a, you could have healed her. You've done it before. Um, that Uh, song is called prove me wrong. And mm -hmm. it doesn't end all nicely tied up with a bow where I can say, yeah. well, yeah, God answered my prayer and I'm great now. It was a, it was just a letting it out. It was in the secret place, hmm. finally saying it to God, the things that I was keeping hidden. And I don't have all the answers now. I still wish my friend were here. I yeah. still kind of think that the story would be better. If she had lived and was a miracle and she could stand on the stage until everybody, how God healed her. Right. However, I know that I'm just in the middle of my story. Like there is eternity to go and I'm only recognizing part of it here on earth. Um, I really believe that when I do see God face to face, I'm going to get some of the answers. I probably won't care at that point, but in the meantime, I'm just kind of wrestling through it. I don't have all of the answers, but I'm engaged in the conversation. And I think that's enough for right now. Hmm. So then I guess Chris asked the question earlier, who are, you know, you've had a lot of fans and different people that have talked to you in the midst of this and people that have shared their story with you. What kind of things are you saying, inviting them into? So one of the things that I love the most about the book um, is at the end of each chapter, there's a section called Getting Real, which has discussion questions. And what I'm saying is talk to people about it. I think, you know, anytime that somebody pops into my mind out of nowhere, I kind of take that as an indication to reach out to that person because mm-hmm. I often think that is a little indication of, okay, something is not right. Or even if it's everything is fine, it doesn't hurt to just reach out to somebody and say, hey, I'm thinking about you. I love you. miss you. 
those people for me are the reason why I didn't take my life. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so I think being able to talk with people about those issues, about the things that you would want to keep hidden, I think that's where the healing is going to come from. So in the book, the getting real discussion questions, mm-hmm. I just, I want people to get together with people that they trust, that they can have open dialogue about some of these issues. Cause I think when we try to do it ourselves, that's kind of the danger mm-hmm. zone. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would love to just do a quick pivot because I think one of the things that we all deal with are the uh, the presenting issue, the presenting issue to you for all these years has been a weight thing, right? It's like, mm-hmm. because of this deeper issue, you've gone to eating. And again, yeah. we all have our things that we go to. So it's like, join the human race. <laughs> um, so for you in this, how have you like stepped back, taken like a higher view of what the power of eating has had on you? Does that still have the same power? What, like, What's that look like? So you've put an awful lot of hours just since I've known you into this this struggle, which in and of itself yeah. actually isn't even the struggle. There's actually a deeper thing going right. on than just right. eating. Totally. But you've probably made eating like, oh, that was the struggle, which it's not. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Can you talk about around some of that? Because a lot of what we want to do with 10,000 minutes is we want to talk about the 10,000 minutes of the week, not just the 80 as we're in the gathering, but the 10,000 minutes, like when life hits us. And we're all dealing with our own things, whether it's porn, whether it's food, whether it's buying or spending, whatever it is, this is when the stuff hits the fan. And so what's it look like for us to walk with Jesus in the midst of the deeper issues, but with the presenting issues? So just Mm -hmm. with your eating stuff, and can you just talk a little bit about that and what you've learned and what you're learning? Yeah. Well, (laughs) I wish I could say that I have conquered it. There was once upon a time I... Yeah, yeah, let's I let's mean, not let's let's throw that out. But I, that's yes, why that I've stopped great. using the word. I, I really am, I'm trying to stop ever saying the word ed at the end of any word. I don't want to say I've learned this because I have um, not. I, I'm learning. Yeah, I, I'm mm-hmm. le- everything is an ing. I'm trying to put that at the yeah, end of mm-hmm. everything. So that's good. What what are you learning? Well, I'm learning that food is what I have always turned to for comfort. You know that. They call it comfort food for a reason. Touche. From childhood, that's, I I would feel good. I mean, food Mm -hmm. tastes good, let's be honest. Come on, come on. Um, And I think the issue is not even a food. It's that that's that's what I would turn to as my escape. That's where I could go to feel good momentarily. Eventually, I would end up feeling horrible. Mm -hmm. And it's not even, you know, I have gained and lost hundreds of pounds in my lifetime. And I recognize now It's when I'm spending too much time alone. It's when I'm holding on to something like, not just celebration, but when I'm sad or when I'm angry or when something happens, that has always been the thing that I would turn to food and like television, like Mm -hmm. escaping into movies and media. And so I am learning to first talk to him about it. And that is not something that I have always done. It's not something I'm doing currently. Like I'm what's it, what's it even not look like? in a great place. Yes. Thank you for saying that. That's see, this is why I love you. Well, I love you just regardless, <laughs> but I just, I so appreciate you even saying currently I'm not in a great place. So what's that actually look like? I, we could, we could care less about Christian bull crap. It just it has, yeah. does nobody any good. It actually only hurts people. So what's yeah. it look like in this moment today and again, 10,000 minutes is all about putting the words and the heart of Jesus into practice. So what, what does it look like to put this into practice today for you? What would it look like? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Um, so let me give you an example. Yep. 
The other day, uh, People Magazine put an excerpt of my book on their website. And mm-hmm. I, everybody was celebrating the fact that this is out there. And my immediate thought was, oh my gosh, that is so exposing. That's so vulnerable. Like it's, mm. it's one thing when not just the people in my life, but even the people in the Christian circles are mm. reading this. This is out there for the world to see. Yes. And that uh-huh. felt so uncomfortable for me. Instead of ordering a box of Krispy Kreme donuts, yeah. <laughs> um, even instead of, I don't know, just trying to not think about it. For me, that would have been, God, this sucks. I don't want people just talking yeah, to him yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. Opening up my mouth and having a discussion and then quieting my mouth to listen to what he says about it. I didn't do that. I, yeah. I turned on my television, I ordered some DoorDash, yes. and I tried to forget about it. So as Mendisa is talking about binging, eating, and all these things, and which is just so vulnerable and beautiful from her, I'm just curious what you do, what I do. How often are you and I running to food or isolation or just scrolling through social media just for the sake of comfort and for rest? And I guess we all know the answer to this, that none of us are actually finding comfort and rest in these things. So it's not just shaming us saying, gosh, don't do this anymore. But I guess the question would be, what's deeper? What's underneath this need that we have? What are we not getting? Where's the loneliness at the bottom of this? Where's the discomfort? Where's the lack of rest? And how's that playing out in our lives? So when Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and brokenhearted and lonely, and I will give you rest. I know that's what I'm supposed to do and maybe go do a quiet time or something like that, but I don't want to. I would rather do these other things. So I'm just saying to you and I, why? Let's just be curious about that. Are we not seeing actual value in our relationship with Jesus? Are you stuck in things like I'm stuck in things? Who are we sharing this with? And who are we actually walking out a relationship with God with? And who are we talking to? Are you talking to people? Are you the person that somebody can actually come to and say, I'm really struggling with this? And how much judgment will you bring? And just think of it the other way. How much judgment would you want them to actually bring to you? Let's be people who are walking with one another without judgment, without shame, but as if we all belong at the same table with Jesus. This would be a really great practice for us this week. And remember, we get good at what we practice. So I practice avoiding these things or I practice distraction. But what if we practice sharing our stuff with people this week? And actually, what if we practiced being those people that people would actually feel comfortable sharing their stuff with this week? And thankfully, we get to do this stuff and love one another with the love of Jesus and with Jesus himself. So Jesus, lead us. And that, that's not healthy. That's, yeah. it's, it's those decisions like that, everyday decisions that will lead to help. But when you don't make those decisions and then the shame comes and yeah. it's just a vicious cycle. So it's just stopping the shame and having a conversation with God about it or a conversation with God and also a conversation with other people that Come God right. puts in my life. Like mm-hmm. being able to talk to the people that I'm surrounded with um, instead of just closing in and hiding away. Hmm. Which is hard to do because depression just wipes out your energy. I think one of like your most powerful tracks of Out of the Darkness is your voicemail track. 
It's just mm-hmm. endless voicemails of people saying, hey, where you been? Checking on you. I'm knocking mm-hmm. at your door. Can you open the door? That's, that was my wow. life with depression. And sometimes wow. there's a shame of like, I know I haven't been who I need to be for all of you. I know I've scared you. Mm-hmm. I've worried you. But I just don't have energy to actually talk, you know? And yeah. so sometimes there's just like an actual, just like the sticky note situation. There, there needs to mm-hmm. be a community to help you speak because sometimes it feels like all the, if we really had the power within ourselves for ourselves, then we wouldn't need community, you know? And yeah. so sometimes it's like, you need to reach out. And sometimes like, I don't know how to reach out, yeah. you know? Right. I want people to know that those voicemails, the text messages, the people at my door, I didn't answer any of them in mm-hmm. that moment. And so from mm-hmm. their point of view, wow. they were being ignored, but it was in that moment where I had the hand of pills that I thought right. about that. Right. And so, those, yeah, those messages, the reaching out, that matters because For that's sure. what I was thinking about. Why wow. I chose not to swallow the handful of pills. Man, yeah. And that's probably the truth for a lot of those who are in depression, who are like, I just remembered the voice of my mother or, you know, mm-hmm. or someone called me at that moment. I think um, Kelsey talked about that as well. She was mm-hmm. speaking to her father at a time that she was like at her lowest. But I think the truth is sometimes you don't even have the energy to talk about it. And that's where community is so crucial. Yeah, absolutely. With, with any kind of healing, it's sharing it with people. So. Yeah. I guess a question is, how do we practice getting real with people? Because I feel mm-hmm. like that sounds like the practice you've mm-hmm. carried throughout your journey is taking moments yeah. to get real before escaping mm. or yeah. letting it paralyze you. So, Or during or after. Yeah, I think it's just, I mean, honestly, it's just cultivating friendships. And mm-hmm. that can sound easy to say, but <laughs> totally, it really, it comes with time. It comes with hanging out with people. It doesn't always have to be deep, like watching a movie with people and grabbing coffee. Um, And then, you know, when you start to feel comfortable letting them into some of these things, which I, I hope that this book will do. I, um, out of the dark, the book, it's not all gloom and doom. Like I talk about a lot of (laughs) the great stuff that has happened. And so, you know, people are like a fan of my music. You know, each chapter is named after a song. Like I can imagine people getting together and reading it and having these discussions, but then some deep moments happen. And again, the getting real section, like having a book club where you talk about things like that. That's an example Mm -hmm. where -hmm. you can ask these questions and start these conversations that, you know, you don't, sometimes it's hard to approach these hard conversations out of nowhere, but I hope that this will be a tool for people to start having these discussions about mental health. And it doesn't even have to be with a lot of people, like get you Mm -hmm. one good friend. That's really Mm -hmm. all that you need. One good friend that you can speak to these things about. You don't need, you know, 20 people that really absolutely know you just get one person that you can share your life with. And that's really all that you need in life. And sometimes that's where counseling connects to that's your one friend and that's self-care and that's you going to see someone who has the margin to be that person to hear the part where you're getting real with absolutely i'm a big fan of counseling i hope everybody Mm. is able to do that at some point in their life because yeah it's helped me to think about things that i would not by myself be thinking about it's Mm -hmm. so important i think Mm -hmm. so why couldn't just god do that I mean, that, that, well, God that's the, uses other people like God works through when Jesus yeah. came mm-hmm. to the world. And when he ascended, he said, you are now the body of Christ. And so he made us for one another. I mean, yes, he can yeah. speak with that. a loud, booming voice out of heaven. More often than not, he speaks through other people. So I think God does do it. He just uses us as the hand, 
the hands and the feet of Jesus. Hmm. That's good. One of the things I love that I'm seeing kind of as a theme in this is that both the uphill climb and kind of the the peak and on the other side of it, like they all happen in these small choices in mm-hmm. in places. So mm-hmm. whether it's like diving into like a dark place or coming out of it, neither of those things are really happening like in big moments. Mm-hmm. They're happening mm-hmm. in, in small decisions. And, but also, so like you're talking about, okay, I could have celebrated this People magazine issue or I could door dash and, and chill. And that's like, that's a small decision, right? And then, mm-hmm. but also a small decision for someone to pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm thinking about you right now. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think it's really incredible the power of our small decisions mm-hmm. um, and and those those small things so I think as I'm thinking about this I'm kind of both encouraged and and just placing more value on that just thinking like in my own life okay it's not even though I've got a big hill to climb mm-hmm. it's not yeah. about the whole journey but it's about the step I'm gonna take mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. and yeah. also when I'm thinking about those people around me that even though my voice may be small or my, my part may be a small part, um, it could have eternal value for someone else mm. to speak wow. and, and be in there. So that's really incredible. And I just want to say as an aside, because this is the most I've, I've seen you like in other spaces and kind of seen you do your artist thing. And I think you really carry Jesus with you so well because, and, and I, and I want to say this in, um, in a really honest way, because I think you bring the joy of Christ with you and people see that on your face. That's why people mm-hmm. love you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so evident, right? But I think Jesus also brought reality. Yeah. And I think that's what you're doing in this conversation and in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that makes me so excited for what your ministry can bring and, and for what God is going to do with you and your story. Um, mm-hmm. Because we all know that that that's real life. Mm-hmm. The people who are yeah. turning on the radio and listening to your music, that's the life that they're in. It's not one or the other, but we're right. holding these things uh, in yeah. tandem. That's good, Chris. And, yeah. and I think you're doing that beautifully. Mm. Thank you. It's very encouraging. I appreciate that. So now we would like to uh, pivot one more time. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, it, we have this little 10,000 thoughts thing that we've got like four questions that you have to do quick okay. answers to. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Go. Cats versus dogs. Go. Dogs. Obvious. <laughs> she was like, obvious. A uh, song you wish you wrote. Um, I can only imagine. Mm. Big time. God. Oh, yes. <laughs> totally. I mean, just that's a financial thing. Uh, favorite Instagram account that you can share. Um, Instagram. Can I do Twitter instead? Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my yeah, it's called the Dodo. It shows all these pet, cute pet oh, videos. Cute. That yeah. I'm obsessed with. Yeah. Even, even if it's cats. I'll even watch the cat ones because okay. it's cute. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, last one. Pet peeve. I want to know pet peeve. Slow drivers in the fast lane. Ooh, over. Like one that. lane, please. Come on, <laughs> come on, girl, please. Um, thank you so much, Mandisa. Yes, thank you. So appreciate you. So everybody, there was Mandy's. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. That is, yeah, she's an incredible woman. I love her. Yeah. 
uh, her vulnerability obviously is beautiful. And this is, you know, I, what I love is this is not like a new issue for Mandy right. says. This is not right. something that she's just struggling with for the first time. And it's like, oh, gosh, you're going to get through this. I mean, mm. this has been yeah. an ongoing thing. And I love that she just keeps coming back, which is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, she has an awareness with how much community helps her right. keep coming back. Right. And depression and those kind of struggles every day, they're kind of unpredictable. Mm-hmm. You don't really know um, how heavy or how quick they come. Yeah. And the beauty of a community almost understanding this is part of the deal. And so we'll always be around is so important. And just yeah. finding the people who can do that as well. Mm-hmm. And I think she... In her story, you can kind of hear her feel very comfortable with them knowing that part of her, yeah, mm-hmm. that side of her, and that's that's super important uh, because depression makes you feel alone, and she wasn't, yeah, and so that's a big part of her story. And who are those people that we could be doing that to and for? Right. So who are those people in your world? Mm-hmm. Who are the people that you could be doing that for? I've got some friends that would say, I have nobody that would do that for me, mm. and I guess an encouragement for them might be say, who are you doing that for? Mm-hmm. Is well, you know, mm-hmm. we complain about certain things, but it's like, and we, I, what's my role in that? Mm-hmm. Right. But well, we I have love- to bring our whole self, you know, and I think yeah. she did that in the interview, but she's had to do that in her relationships too. Right. You know, so she's had to be vulnerable in all of these places. And that gives you opportunity then to be that and receive that from other people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I loved, she talked, well, we talked about grief, which is obviously something that we talk about a bunch. Man, I think the more episodes we do, the more we realize people are somewhat grieving something at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, they yeah. just don't know it. Yeah. And so they respond in so many different ways. They cope in so many different ways because they can't pinpoint or validate that they're grieving or mourning something. Yeah. And so she talks about the way she copes with food and a bunch of other things um, and how she starts to restructure or rethink her view of comfort and what comfort might be. Maybe Mm. um, a different choice of food, Mm. maybe reaching out to a friend instead of, you know, escaping. Like it was such a great conversation about not really making things bad, but checking motives of why we're going to do things. So good. It was awesome. People think about that with us, mm-hmm. that motives thing. I love the small decisions make big impacts. Yes, Chris mm-hmm. highlighted it. He just wrapped it all up in a theme, and I was like, that's what yeah, it is. Swish. At least. At least. <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting for that? Dang it. He said, when can I come in with this? Uh, so the practice that we have for this week, uh, when you start to reach for the thing that doesn't truly comfort and things that don't fulfill. And that don't fulfill. Uh, text a friend, go for a walk, take a break from social media. Oof. Let's go. Just rethink what exactly am I seeking? Am I seeking company? Mm-hmm. How can I look for that? Instead of that go-to thing that might almost put a Band-Aid over the thing that's that's kind of haunting you or paralyzing you today. And that's hard. You know, be patient with yourself. But I think, think outside the box – what could be so much more beneficial for me right now if I pause to think truly how I need Jesus right now? Yeah. Oh, you guys. Uh, <laughs> I, we want to thank, if your name is Anne. Any Anne. Hi, Anne. Or is no, this a specific Anne? Anne J. Oh, okay. And it's a cool last name. We don't say last names. Just, I don't know. I haven't said last names. It feels a little we weird. We don't want to dox people. Yeah. 
That's yeah, the thing. I just we're, thing we're we thankful do. for I you. Could you could probably find them on Instagram if you told oh, me. Oh boy. You yeah, yeah, yeah. You you totally could find them yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> um, and Jay, thank you for partnering with us financially. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, Lynn A. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn A. Thank you. Truly, it's really a gift, and we're totally honored that you'd partner with Ten Thousand Minutes. And help us keep doing this and all the other stuff that we are um, excited about. So, thank you. And if you'd like to like, subscribe, and leave a comment. <laughs> 10 out of 10 <laughs> rates. 10 out of 10 Which rates. I nothing under that. I think it's 5 that. out of 5, but well, sure. I think they changed it for nothing. season 2. It's yeah, yeah. Okay, I like it. They heard my requests. <laughs> you emailed. They heard us, please. I sent a couple <laughs> things into Apple. Yeah, so 10 out of 10, that thing, you guys. Yeah. If there's a 5 out of 5, faux show. No fours, no threes, no twos, if no ones. you're not yeah, going to rate us hurt, all the way, hurt. just keep scrolling. Yeah, just keep, I mean, just, don't even waste your time. Why would you? Yeah. I mean, you've gotten this far of the podcast. Sure. sure. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, if you've hung out this long, you're a fiver. I mean, yeah. okay. actions speak louder than words. Well, Chris, I think you're a fiver. Wow. Out of ten. <laughs>